even 10 minutes a day is progress. It's not much, but it's, it's progress. So yeah, just give yourself that time to do a little bit of art. In part one of this episode, recorded in 2020, we got to know Pedro Loureiro, a Portuguese artist and teacher who started by becoming an architect. After leaving Portugal during a recession, he and his partner moved to Sweden to try a new life while rediscovering his love for art. Pedro returned to his home country two years later and started working as an artist at an architecture firm. Today, in part two, we catch up with Pedro and talk about his journey to becoming the incredible art teacher he is today, the difference between making art and teaching it, how Pedro keeps his creative life while tending to his full-time job and family, especially after becoming a father, and insights on Pedro's new and upcoming course on figure drawing. But before we start, I just want to keep you posted on what's coming. Pedro's upcoming figure drawing fundamental courses is split into two parts, each with its own difficulty level. So part one will give you the foundation to take your figure drawing in any direction, whether you intend to do quick sketches or draw realistically, and then in part two we will introduce watercolor. You can use it to add shape, dimension, conveying clothes, believable fabric movement, hairstyles, texture, and posing from different angles. So in short, if you want to learn how to draw people, how to pose them, how to bring that extra skill to your art, you can enroll for any part or both parts of this course at a discounted price. All the information is at etralab.com forward slash Pedro dash course two, and that's the number two. Okay, that's it from me, and let's dive right into the episode. Let's do that trip back to memory lane. This was, I believe, because I'm not sure, <laughs> I'm absolutely not sure about this, but I believe the first workshop I taught was um, not far from where my, my journey in illustration also started. So back in Sweden, when I was in Sweden, it was 2014. Okay. And uh, I was invited by a, um, uh, actually two events happened, uh, two events happened in Sweden. One was, the first one was teaching a guest, a guest class in the architecture school and uh, architecture in a faculty in, um, in Lunds, in the, the town where I was living, which is like a big university town. A uh, small town, but like with a, with a huge, uh, very important university. And uh, I befriended an architect there, a Spanish architect, uh, but he was living in Sweden for many, many years. And he invited me kindly to, to, to teach a, uh, a class, one class uh, of um, architecture design. So I was guiding students uh, just during those three hours on how to orient their, their, their architecture uh, designs uh, mm -hmm. for, for that semester. And the uh, for that assignment, and the second class was a sketching class. So I was teaching blind contour drawing to students, to the same students basically. Mm -hmm. uh, this was in a different uh, different occasion. Also, uh, but I think the first time I thought about this was like just improvised kind of improvised classes. 
I was feeling very green as a as a teacher. So and the first time I felt like I was actually teaching a proper workshop was uh, in 2000, 2014, still in Sweden. But I was invited by a a bunch of students uh, from the from the faculty of I'm not sure I think they were a class from a master's in ecological sciences. Hmm. Something like that, yeah. So basically scientists, uh, environmental scientists, that wanted to to have a little bit fun with the, a little bit of fun with sketching. And I went at them with a few exercises on blind control drawing, portrait drawing, uh, you know, portrait challenges. Everybody was sketching each other. They were having fun because all the all the all the sketches were, were loose and and wacky, mm-hmm. as blind control sketching uh, sketches usually are. And it was really fun. I think people people really enjoyed it, and it was like the first time that I felt hmm, this could actually work. Just a, um, a little uh, clarification here for those of us who may not know what blind contour drawing is. Can you quickly clarify it? So it's basically you have you have to sketch without looking at what you're doing in the paper. So you grab a pen, you look at something, as someone or something, and you draw that person or that or that object or that space following the lines with your eyes and the hands does exactly the same gesture and if you're very concentrated in the end you'll get an amazing sketch but uh, but yeah that that's that's pretty much it it's uh, it's just about you know like having that connection hands eye connection and not thinking about symbols or interpretations or anything like that. This is like you see it, you sketch it, and if it turns out right, even better. If it doesn't t- turn out right, you just do a hundred more of them, and you'll be you'll be fine. You'll be in the right way, in the right way to sketching. Great. To learning how to sketch. So yeah, so you were doing uh, that those exercises and a couple more with the students, and yeah, how did that turn out? Uh, it went. It went very. Uh, I, I think it went very well. Uh, students had fun. Uh, it, those are very fun classes. The uh, the the blind contour ones because they're very tense, but they're also very liberating in a way. And you know, like in the end, you get really wacky, wacky portraits. Mm-hmm. It's not actually the people that 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 are represented, but somehow students see that. Okay, this is not that person. Like the eyes are like out of place. People can actually see that 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 there's a faint expression there that represents mm-hmm. that person. So it, it's much closer to reality than than if we would like do a proper sketch with looking looking at the paper. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah. and and that just kind of got you into the world of teaching. So we just developed from there. Yeah, I think so. Then a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think another big help was um, so that was like that was like band aid off. Okay, let's let's try this this teaching thing and see how it works. Band aid off. It hurts and it, uh, but it, it was it was it was healed. Uh, it was quickly healed after that. After that, I, uh, when I came back to Portugal in 2015, um, I started going to. Every every single urban sketching meeting, urban sketchers meeting that, that I could, you know, just to get connect, get together with the with the whole bunch again, mm-hmm. get get connected with the with the new new people that were rising in the urban sketchers atmosphere, in the urban sketchers arena, and and you know, like just getting to know people, getting to know what what was going on. That kind of jump started me into into more teaching, basically. I think. I, 
can't remember, but I, you know, I, I organized a few workshops. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. And that's first all of those were in person, and you eventually started teaching online as well. Yeah, online was actually with uh, Etcher. Oh, so I we got you to start online teaching in 2020. I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it was more or less simultaneous. It was more or less simultaneous because I also teach like a, I also teach a local group here, mm -hmm. online classes, but you know, like because uh, it's during the week and everybody is yeah. in their their homes yeah. or getting back to work, it's it's much more practical to have it uh, online. Uh, of course, people are eager to come back to to offline, uh, on location workshops, but I mean the online will never leave us. I, I think, and this is this is very practical for some occasions and some uh, some kinds of workshops. And I started with that group mm -hmm. as well, uh, a local group called the Group Riscado, and with Etcher. I think Etcher came first, so uh, thanks. Oh, thank you. I, I didn't know <laughs> we were we this. were uh, propulsing you into the, the online world. Uh, yeah. I mean, you would have done it e yeah. either way because of all your connections, but oh, thank you. I had no idea. All right, so... No, no, no. Thank you. Oh, just just to, yeah. just to just to complete just wrapped up wrapped up this uh, this Portugal cycle. I think like the you know I did workshops here and there, but I think the main thing was the the main event uh, that got me into like a whole another level of of teaching was actually two things. The first thing was I took a course like a quick one month course we have here in Portugal, uh, which is called uh, like. It's a course on learning how to teach, uh, basically. Oh, yeah. Um, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I just don't know how to translate this, translate this to English. Yeah, I mean, because so, teaching no. is not just, here's what I do. You have to explain how yeah. and why you do what you do. And yeah. that's that's and not just, you know, doesn't come naturally to people most of the times. Yeah, it does not. It does not. It's 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 actually very uh, checklisty huh. in a way. It's... Um, it's very technical and they give you like in one month, it was, it was like a really intense month where, or month and a half where they gave you like the, all the tools you need to, to do a course or a workshops or, or any kind of educational, um, uh, educational events. Um, and they give you all the tools you need to do any kind of events, mm -hmm. any kind of educational events. That is what I mean. So, Set goals, uh, set the, uh, you know, I set the learning goals, set the, uh, set the tools you need, set the, the timing, you know, like everything was very structured. Wow. And it was like, I think it was, it's over, over, it's exaggerated in a way, but it got me into thinking, okay, what do I need? Before that, it was like, okay, let's do something fun. Uh, after the course, I was, I was thinking, I was actually thinking about, okay, what do I want students to take out from this? Great. What do I want students and very specific things? How, like answering how, um, with what and in which time and, you know, like all these kinds of questions I would have to answer, uh, to myself before I would teach uh, the students. And yeah, this was the first and the, the first moment. And the second moment was when I got the chance to teach at the uh, 10 by 10, which was a, an Urban Sketchers major event, okay. uh, worldwide events throughout the whole year. You know, it was when, when the Urban Sketchers turned, uh, turned 10, mm -hmm. the 10th anniversary of the international community. Mm -hmm. It was 2017, I think. I don't know that. 
don't want to make any mistake. And you know, like many cities throughout the world did this initiative, joined this initiative of having uh, workshops throughout the year. And Lisbon joined up with uh, with uh, fellow fellow sketcher Mario Linares, leading the uh, leading the path. He organized a course uh, here in Portugal, mm-hmm. here here in, here in Lisbon, and uh, you know there were there were ten classes. Uh, three, one for him and three for each of the teachers he chose. He chose three teachers. I was among, I was among them. Very on, honored. It was like a major leap of wow. uh, trust for, for Mario, I think. Uh, because my, my record as a teacher, as a teacher was very short. So I was really happy. But I think, you know, like he trusted me and it worked out, worked out for the best. Yeah. And it was like three great workshops that, they were really structured, really like, okay, we'll get this out of out of the, these three hours, and it was it was really fun. Like, it was with 20, 25 students at the time, like in presence, and I was like over, completely overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. <laughs> well, you were pretty. I I don't like to say green because that's not the term I'm looking for. You're pretty new to teaching, yet. I was green. You were. <laughs> Well, even though you didn't have a whole lot of experience, something must have been working for for all of that to happen because opportunities don't just, you know, they do come when people are prepared for them. So congratulations. I think that is very most well earned. So thank you very much. How do you, since you're talking about teaching and and making as different things, so how would you correlate them to each other? What is the difference between making art and teaching? Teaching is a little bit uh, kind of uh, intense or demanding is what I want to is what I want to say because you have to process like I, when when I'm sketching uh, it feels very natural it just like flows out of the pen if something fails there's no it's it's only me to blame and I can I can always try it again right when it comes to teaching the stakes are a little bit higher. Okay. Or at least I think that the stakes are a little bit higher, so that this gets the the, the feeling of uh, the, the higher stakes gets gets into my mind, and I start to be more demanding with myself, in the sense that I have to okay, I have to make this work not only for me but for the hundred people that are going to show up for for this workshop, and it has to mean something to them individually. And yeah. Everybody has to pick something up from this, and I put that pressure on my and I put that pressure on myself, and it. When it's the planning stage, it's very, very stressful. When I'm teaching, I don't even think about it. And after that, it comes the relief. And usually everything goes goes right, of course, because it was kind of well thought out. Um, and but like it, it's just it's just very tense from the uh, from the starting of the planning to the actual starting of the workshop. You take it very seriously. Uh, it feels like you take it very, very seriously. Yeah, I think so, and I think it has to do with the <laughs> it has to do with the uh, with the with the course that I took on on teaching how to because they really put us put us up to the challenge of okay we are responsible for these people and we are responsible for the, what they bring home and oh my gosh <laughs> the responsibility of all, of it all well, of course no, like, as time goes by as every, as time goes by it gets a little bit easier of course obviously. So, and kind of, exaggerating that's in, in the beginning it was you're doing tough. something right i didn't prepare uh testimonials to bring to this interview but 
you are one of the most loved teachers in our platform and we have over 200 teachers there in the testimonials mm. that speak to your capabilities as a teacher and mm. artist are so generous everyone is so generous it's, and so true yeah. I, I agree with each one of them so uh, you're doing thank you so much of course you're doing something right thank you guys <laughs> Thank you, everyone who dropped. If if you haven't Thank dropped you, a everybody. comment on Pedro's class and you took it, please go to our website and drop a comment there because it really helps out. Uh, it's real proof. Uh, it, it's from real people, and yeah, I'm very suspicious because uh, I can be biased because mm. I work here, but uh, I try not to, not to get, you know, tainted by my yeah. my role. I try to be very very honest and neutral in everything I say. Okay, so. Do you love teaching? Um, I enjoy it. I've come to realize over the over the years that teaching is uh, I'm never going to let go teaching. Uh, so sketching comes naturally, and teaching has to be structured and thought. Mm -hmm. When when it comes to teaching and preparing a course, I kind of have to process and realize what I've learned from sketching. Mm -hmm. And that's the key moment, you know, like that's the end. I think that's, that's like you kind of wrap up uh, what you've learned yourself in the past year or in the past couple of years or in the past couple of months. You kind of wrap it up, synthesize it, and, and have, you, you have to output it. In order to output it, you have to write it down or you have to plan it out. In that sense, you're kind of, I, at least I, I feel like I'm kind of... Uh, uh, solidifying what I know, mm -hmm. uh, because if I'm sketching, I'm just learning intuitively, intuitively, mm -hmm. uh, like unplanned, and I don't actually realize what I am actually uh, actually learning. When it come, when I when I try to plan a workshop on on that subject, then I realize like, okay, I've learned this by doing that. I learned this by doing that, and then I try to trans transpose that that those uh, tidbits of information now that are now realized and i try to turn them into exercises so it feels very it feels kind of the end of the process of learning for myself okay it's like i have to i have to realize that i've learned stuff in order to teach them so in a way sketching makes you better teaching and teaching makes you a better sketcher yeah yeah it's a feedback loop for sure. I think that's a really good, great way of, uh, of looking at it. Right. Kind of symbiosis yes. thing here. So you can't drop one because the other kind of depends on it. So it looks to me like there's love it's here for both of them. Yeah, probably is. But really like it's, 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 it's more like a, <laughs> it's a tense love. Well, it's a tense love. Love, it's, but it's a, it, love it's isn't pink and, and rose petals without thorns and, and rainbows <laughs> yeah. and unicorns. Love is intense. Love is love love requires work i don't want to go into discussing what love is in this podcast that's not the theme but if love requires oh, hard oh. work then i i got i got the perfect analogy oh sorry. come on yes bring it okay so sketching is like being in a relationship and uh, teaching how to sketch is like being in counsel uh, in therapy couples therapy <laughs> in the sense that you have to realize what's love is and what's what your partner is and what your partner represents to you and that's what teaching is it's like okay so i've learned this by sketching now i have to close the loop by uh, realizing what i've learned and transmitting transmitting into other people okay 
Okay. Counseling. Counseling. So teaching is like counseling, folks. Uh, straight from the horse's mouth. There you go. So come to counseling. Uh, so you get better at your love relationships. So uh, got to go and yeah. <laughs> go and dig deep. <laughs> so between this duality here, between teaching and, and making art, we kind of touched upon this on the first episode, but I'd like to see how much the answer changed now. What makes you so passionate about making art? Hmm. Um, I'm probably not going to overlap from the, the last podcast because I can't remember what I said back at Good. the time. <laughs> so it's going to be a fully honest answer. What makes me passionate about arts? I think it's um, when I'm sketching, I'm not, not very concerned about the, the final result. Um, what interests me more is what I learn from the process. Whether it's learning for myself, learning a new technique, or learning how to handle a different uh, tool, or learning how to draw a different kind of building, uh, or uh, what interests me most actually is getting to know the subject that I'm, that I'm actually sketching. So I'm very interested in repertoire sketching and um, you know, like journalistic sketching and uh, anthropological sketching, for instance. It's when you use sketching as a tool to get to know your your subject better. And I used to do this, you know, I, I used to do this kind of thing a lot. I would just take out my sketchbook out, out in the streets and, you know, like get to know someone or by sketching them and by, you know, like recording on the sidelines what, what they were telling me mm-hmm. or, or a building or a part of town, which I, I wasn't familiar with. So let's, let's just like sketch it down just so to understand the, whether it was the, the architectural proportions or, or the social dynamics of the the neighborhood, for instance, or you know how how people moved about, what they're like. I used to go to to marketplaces, like last weekend, like like, like we did last weekend, um, and you know just sketch the activities there, sketch how people go about their activities, and you know like that's what interests me. What 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 comes out in the sketch later? That's that's just a side effect. It might look nice and everything. It might be. You know, like it's it's a fine record of uh, whatever I learned, but you know, like I usually think that all this, like the, these oh. uh, this sketchbook here in the back. I mean, if is there, if there's a fire in my in my apartment, knock wood, but if there's a fire in my apartment, all this goes up in flames. And but the memories of those sketches and the things that I learned from them are actually what interests me the most. So this is just like a side effect of of my passion about art. So it's not art per se, it's more like using art to get to know other things. If you're listening to the audio only of this episode, please head over to YouTube because Pedro is uh, backed up by a bunch of, a pile of sketchbooks behind him. He has a full shelf, a full range of shelves filled, jam-packed with sketchbooks, all of them. Ranging from 2000, 2001, I oh think. Oh my God, up until <laughs> the present day is 2023, July, uh, the day yes, of this interview. So. <laughs> yeah, plenty, plenty of, of memories there. Let's talk a little bit about your course. So the day of this interview, we're in July, 2023. Back in 2020-something, I can't recall, 21 or 22, 
you did a course called Introduction to Sketching. It was a huge success, but it was done a long time ago. The quality, the video quality was not the best. So we rebooted it. We relaunched it January, 2023. It went really, really well. Um, everyone loved it. We had a lot of participation. It was great. Because everyone loved it, and you specifically, because as I was speaking about a while ago, a lot of the testimonials were asking for you to come back with something else. And I'm like, okay, what? I'd love to have to be there back. So what can we do together? Um, so this September, you're doing another course with us that launches in September called Figure Drawing Fundamentals. And it's a much bigger course. It has a part one and it has a part two. And I'd love to hear all about it. So yeah, so yeah, just start with the first question. What is this course about? So uh, so this, this course is going to be about getting familiar with sketching the human figure. It's, it's going to be like a very loose approach to, to sketching. It's not going to be a very realistic or academic way of, uh, of approaching the human figure. It's going to be more of a flowy, loose uh, approach to, to getting, getting the gesture right, getting the posture right, you know, just getting that expression right and very quickly. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit all about uh, sketching more the skeletons and filling them up with the, with the, I think it's going to be fun. For the first part, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, sketch only, so basically pen or pencil only. So we're going to just to do lines, and in the second part, we're going to introduce watercolor, but as a way to convey volume. So in the first part, we'll create structures of uh, expression, bodily expressions, and and facial expressions. And on the second part, we'll, we'll fill that up with, uh, with volume and with shadows and with light and shadow, basically, which is what watercolor is good for. And, <laughs> and who is this course for? So uh, it's divided into two parts exactly to fit two, uh, different, uh, two different crowds, two different set of uh, students. Uh, the first part will be more for um, beginners. So people that want to like just grab a pen and start getting confident to in how to sketch people, uh, you know, people and postures and you know, like even stick figures. We're going to we're going to do a little bit of uh, stick figuring as well. So that's how beginner friendly is going to be. And the second part, the the watercolor part, where we fill up with uh, with lights and shadows and volume, it's going to be a little bit more feel. It's going to feel a little bit more intermediate. So uh, there's a little bit of something for for everybody. So if you're a beginner and you're really passionate about you know, like progressing in your art, I think you'll find it very easy to to transition from the first part to the second part. So from the beginner part to the uh, intermediate part with with ease great um all right so we have part one we have part two it starts uh on early september all the dates all the details can be found on our website again uh just go to uh, etrelat.com forward slash lodairu2 to find all the links associated with this um part one will go immediately after part two uh, Pedro, i believe part one is about four to five classes long and part two is four as well uh, yeah. So it will start in September and wrap up around October, early November, if I'm not mistaken. So what pain points will the course solve for the students? How will we get out of that course as better? Yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. 
so I, a posture and you know like the posture will be a will be a definitely highlight on the on the first one. Uh, postures of people and like people standing up, people sitting down, you know, like all that kind of thing. Where I'm going to get you familiar with with you know just grabbing really quickly grabbing the um, the expression of that that person mm -hmm. and and just jot it down really quick as if you were doing like a stick figure. But a stick figure with with some uh, a little bit more real realism than than just a stick figure. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be something like you're going to to jot down exactly what you are familiar with. So if you're going for stick figures, it's fine. If you're going for something more realistic, it's also fine. It's just to get that you know that articulation of like a body moving, and then you just immediately capture the the articulations of. How the arm connects to the torso, how the torso connects to the heads, and how the head connects to the hips, and the hip bones connect to the arm bones, <laughs> and uh, all that kind of stuff. And and also for the heads expressions, you know, like how when like the head tilts, what happens? When the person smiles, what happens? When the person frowns, what happens? When you know, like profiles are different from uh, from frontal uh, portraits, and you know we're going to analyze all that. Not so much from the uh, you know like from the um, proportions mm -hmm. uh, aspect. We're not going to insist much on the proportion aspect of it. So your sketches on the end might be, might feel wacky, mm -hmm. but they will feel like real people, or at least they will feel like comic book characters, which is something I also love. Uh, and they teach us a lot as well. So, I mean, if your if your people are not realistic at the end of the course, it doesn't matter. It just matters that you're feeling confident about sketching them, and it, it, and you can take this learning in many directions. So, basically, if you want to take it to the more realistic side, you can progress on that way. If you want to take it more on the comic book side, you can progress on that way. So, this just gives you the base to go in either direction that you want to go. And that was it. That, that was it. So one last question in terms of watercolor. So part two will introduce watercolor here. Can you expand a little bit more what we will learn? What what we, what will watercolor add to to this? Yeah. So watercolor watercolor is great for like really quick washes, and and with that we have uh, we have volume and gra um, gradient washes as well. Mm -hmm. So we have like if you think if you think of a leg. Like a leg is lighted from one side and it's it's shadowed shaded on the other sides. So watercolor is ideal to like to just convey that sense of light on this side and shadow on that side, and there's like a a, a gradient effect going going around it. So it's going to be mostly about that, about like how to complement our how to complement our line sketches with volume and with lights and with shadows and how those shadows and how those lights and those shadows also affect the expressions that we have because you know, if i'm smiling and there's a light coming from below i may be like a vampire like uh, 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 smiling like in horror movie small things like the smile is lighted from lighted from different uh, ways from different directions can feel very different so we'll learn how Light and shadow can add can can drama. help with that. Yeah, adding drama. drama. One last question: If you had to pick one big takeaway out of the whole course, what would that be? So, at the end of this course, uh, I'm hoping that we'll be prepared to uh, quickly grab a, an expression, quickly understand an expression, 
uh, a bodily expression or a posture or anything that you see in a person and quickly put it to, to paper. To wrap up this interview, so now that we had the glimpse about what is it that you've been doing in in how teaching became such an essential part of your art making progress, what are what does the future look like for you now? What what are your next steps? Well, I definitely don't want to give up teaching because what uh, because of that like feedback loop that we we spoke about. Of course, that's that's a given. Um, I would like to have, you know, like, I would like to uh, work a little bit more with the repertoire sketching, actually. Mm. It's, it's something that I'm on the lookout for. Uh, you know, like, repertoire sketching is, is all about, uh, it's all about what the Urban Sketchers um, community was, was about in the beginning. It was, uh, the Urban Sketchers were, were founded by a journalist. That also sketched his his pieces on the uh, on the Seattle Times, and um, Gabi Campanario, uh, he's called. And I would like to get back to that, uh, you know, like to that feeling of catching catching the stories, you know, sketching the stories of the everyday, even in my town, like uh, just joining up with the newspaper or a uh, or some some media outlet and just go out and find the stories with the journalists and sketch them. You know, some stories are more. Some, I think, some stories of the of the cities and of the worlds are. I think they reveal, reveal themselves more if they are sketched than if they are photographed. So you know, sketching sometimes is a tool to to engage pe- with people, and you know, most of the times, good stories come from that from that engagement that we get. Um, yeah, that's something I definitely want to want in my future. And uh, also, I would like to try storyboarding for either cinema or like really kind of, kind of storyboarding for for events is something that I did recently, and uh, it worked worked out really nice for for event planning. And it's basically it's basically down to the same to the same base concept. It's about storytelling. So anything that has to do with storytelling in my you know, like. In, in sketching is is somewhere that I want to go. Even there's like a, there's an idea for a comic book, but there's that's like a one year project which I'm not, I cannot take right now. <laughs> but uh, you know, like everything that has to do with story and with sketching, mm-hmm. uh, storytelling and with sketching, that's that's where I want to be. Wow, amazing! And um, we didn't talk about this in either interview, but I really do admire your passion for art because. For for those of you listeners who don't know, so Peter is the father of a really young child. How old is Miguel right now? He is twenty one months old, so oh, almost two. Almost two years old. So, in yeah, when I first interviewed you, your partner was pregnant. That's <laughs> that's how long yep, ago yep. it was. That's wow. Surprise. Yeah, Surprise. and you're a father. You have a full time job. Every weekend, pretty much, you're doing something art related. Guys, just last weekend, Pedro is in Lisbon. I'm in the south of Portugal, which is about a three to four hour drive ish, give it or take. Uh, he was here sketching and spending the weekend with family as well. So, kind of double dipping on both. And <laughs> it's, it's really inspiring to me how you are balancing your work, yeah. your art, both making and teaching, because that is not part of your job. 
your your day job and also being with your partner and your son and your family and balancing all of that out. I struggled just with two, you know, my job and, and my family, let alone, let alone a third, a third there. So kudos to you. I have no idea how you do it. I'm not going to go into the loophole of how do you do it? Because really it's just <laughs> you sleep a little bit less. You get a lot of support uh, from family. Sometimes, sometimes that does happen, but uh, like most of the times it's for a good cause. Uh, and if not, you know, you know, having the baby was 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 really it was it was kind of a big deal because uh, it gets much easier to filter out the the chaff and the wheat mm. and sense of in the in in terms of uh, like work opportunities and and also like social opportunities and everything and I try to blend everything together I mean it's like Work has to feel fun. Fun has to feel uh, family. Family has to feel work. No, that's that's not right. <laughs> but you know, you, you know what I mean. Everything has to overlap, just if if just for a little bit. You know? mm -hmm. So so we don't like I I don't like to partition uh, these these parts of my life so much. Mm -hmm. And so you know, if I'm going on a sketch meeting, meeting, I try to take my family with me so that there's a, like a slight overlap there. Yeah. If I'm um, if I'm doing some work, it has to be like, it has to be fun. Mm -hmm. uh, no, so all these overlaps help me to help it to balance balance things out. Keep your sanity yeah. check. Yeah, also sanity checks. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, it hasn't been easy, but uh, you know, it gets easier with time. Are you planning on going full time with art anytime in the future? Yeah, I would like to very much. I'd like that very much. Okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure exactly how how long it will take, but uh, but definitely in, in the horizon. So. And you know, like when and when you say full time arts, I already am a full time artist in the sense that I work, I work in the uh, in an architecture office as an illustrator. So it's 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 art, so to speak. It's art art serving the uh, the architecture. Uh, business exactly exactly but what i meant is what you're about to say just focusing on the art that brings you yeah. the most fun as you were saying yeah yeah and, and even that i can't even i can't even pinpoint one thing like there's a there's there's of course artists that what they want to do is just spend time in the studio and creating mm -hmm. creating art pieces and everything and I'm I was never really really much for for that in that path. I kind of like I twenty five percent teaching, twenty five percent architectural illustration, twenty five percent live sketching, and twenty five percent some other things. So it's like I like to keep uh, I like to keep my art projects varied. All right, let's wrap up this interview. So any last words for those of us uh, out there who you know, are either wanting to get better art, trying to wrap up our projects, figuring out how on earth we balance everything together because so many of us are hobbyists and not professional artists trying to just find time to make art. So yeah, what what is your what are your words there for, for those of us? All right. So I'll 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 address the busy people the busy people in the room. Uh, the, the those that like the, I think those that need more uh, advice and more help are those that say I don't have time for art. So even ten minutes a day is uh, is progress. 
it's not much, but it's 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 progress. So even if you can like just chunk out like ten minutes a day for a quick sketch, that'll that maybe will change your life a little bit. Yeah, just give yourself that time to do something to to do a little bit of art. If you don't find that the result is appealing, at least you did it, and it's it's part of you now. It's part of your process. So the art is not when is not what the what's in the canvas or what's in the paper, but but it's what what stays with you uh, when you go through it, when you go through the path. And that's a wrap for today. But before we go, we have a special treat for you. Pedro is doing a completely free live demonstration on September 1st at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. So if you'd like to get some actionable tips on sketching people, just join us. All the links are on the post associated with this episode at etcherlab.com forward slash loureiro2. That's the number two and I'll spell the word for you. That's L-O-U-R-E-I-R-O and then the number two. That's it from me. I hope you enjoyed the episode and until next time, make more art.